Hello, I'm Rabban Bacon, and we are Success Across Boundaries, a group of individuals tapping into the experiences of expats, their success stories, and key learnings for fostering future cross-cultural exchange. This podcast is sponsored by Relosophy, relocation and growth solutions in Germany for active global citizens. You can find them on therelosophy.com. Next up is Julianne Shureshi, who works as a project manager at the Senate Chancellery for the city of Hamburg. Can you start by telling us a few words about yourself and your current professional engagement? Of course. Thank you, Raymond, for having me here. It's a pleasure to, to talk to you. My name is Julie, I'm Julianne Shureshi. I work for the Senate Chancellery in Hamburg. So I work for the city of Hamburg, for the city government. And my job basically is um, as a policy officer to recommend the government in questions of international cooperation. And my focus point is India. And so what attracted you to India? That's a good question, Raymond. So um, I've been asked this question many times and I can't really give you an answer. I think we all have, you know, a fascination for a country that has come from somewhere and we don't really can identify from where it came from. But we have a fascination and this fascination intensifies, you know, we we make some research, we watch some movies, we eat the food and it just, you know, tightens, strengthens the relationship to a country. And for me, I think everything started with um, my mom having a relationship with an Anglo-Indian from London and his mom used to cook wonderful curry dishes and uh, I think this is my first fascination for India and in later in life I was studying political science at the University of Mannheim and when you study uh, different courses you always need a study object don't you and um, my study object was India so we were talking about you know discussing human rights issues and I just chose to highlight the questions from an Indian perspective of you know, like taking India as an analysis object. I really enjoyed this. I also had an Indian teacher. And um, from that point on in my life, I just chose India as the study object in every single course. Uh, and it also continued during my master's studies. Um, I, you know, I analyzed the, um, the composition of the uh, parliament, of the Indian parliament. I took a look at democracy theories outside the West, at human rights issues, at um, urban development in Delhi. So um, I looked at India from very different perspectives and um, this just made the country more and more interesting for me. And so what does the work as the head of the India desk in Hamburg entail? Is there a large Indian expat population in? Yes, we we have a large Indian community here. About uh, 3,500 people from India live in Hamburg. And I mean, Hamburg is a city state. So it's a, it's a city, um, mm. but also one of Germany's federal states. So... Um, with with a population of two million there is a large indian community and very active indian community in hamburg as a policy officer or head of india desk 
my job is has many different facets so first of all you know if, when there is a official meeting or request from the Indian government from the consulate or from the embassy for visits meetings then I would be the one who you know who would suggest is this a good meeting should the mayor or the state secretary go and um, go for this meeting what would be the points of discussion what would be maybe not the points of discussion <laughs> that's also very important and you know suggest all this meeting could be about and uh, prepare it of course and then if the opportunities there also uh, go along and uh, take part in the meeting and um, my second task is this is my you know my my project my baby is the india week hamburg which is a an event week which takes place every two years and it comprises about you know between 60 and 80 events that come from various fields so from politics economics culture sports and that you know have to do with Indo-Hamburg relations so it's a celebration of the Indo-Hamburg relations that we have the main coordination of this event lies with me so I'm the, I would say, I would call myself a facilitator and coordinator. Um, I do a lot of networking. I help the, the organizations in Hamburg to, you know, to organize their, their events and to take part. We also do all the uh, press and public relations and um, organize one event ourselves, which is the big Senate reception to which we usually, not under corona conditions, but usually invite around 450 people to the city hall and um, have a big celebration. And what have been three to four key learnings from your personal story? That's a very good question. <laughs> I think from my, from my story, my personal story, I would say that, you know, one of the, the challenges I had was to find a way of how I could match what I'm interested in so uh, India with putting this into a professional you know into profession finding a job that has mm -hmm. to do with India and um, for me personally um, I found that my key to success if you want to call it success um, my, my key was to network and to always find the right people who would help me and who would you know offer positions or recommend me somewhere so without really going to networking events and trying too hard I don't like I don't like that but it was always a mere coincidence that I met some people who would who would help me like my Indian um, teacher at university um, she helped me with my first internship in Delhi and um, in Delhi, during this internship, I actually met the person who would help me with my second internship. <laughs> and, um, and the job that I have here, uh, I also, you know, um, it also came as a coincidence that I met with the right people uh, in the right time and that we came together and, uh, and we were, you know, talking about our expectations and what we see in India. It somehow matched and um, I was always lucky to honestly to be myself and in two of these situations that I just described I wasn't even aware of who the people in front of me were 
So one was the leader of the Hans Seidel Foundation, which is from a political party foundation in Delhi. Um, so uh, the boss, the head, and I, I didn't know. And the second time it was a member of parliament uh, in Germany. And I was talking to him as a servant as I was working in a hotel and earning some money. I was talking to him as a servant and we discussed about politics. And I really, I was myself. And when he gave me his, you know, his, his card and said, you know, you should, you should talk to the people in the city hall in Hamburg. I looked at the card and I saw the uh, German eagle, so the sign of the government, and I thought, oh, sugar, yeah. who's this? <laughs> Who am I talking to? Uh, what, what words did I just use? You know, did I sound adequately? Or, but then it, it all had happened, right? And I couldn't, um, I couldn't change it. But obviously, being myself somehow helped, and not, you know, trying too hard and not trying to adapt too much to the people in front of you. And when you moved to India, were there any moments of struggle in your professional life and how did you overcome them? So the, the first struggle, um, I guess, that I had when I went to India for the first time and even for the second and third time was more a personal struggle and it was the typical culture shock that people get when they travel to India, you know, being overwhelmed with the crowds with uh, the people and uh, of course also the, the culture and the the two sides of India the discrepancies that you see this was my my personal uh, struggle or challenge but the I would say uh, most important for me and most challenging for me was when I finished my studies I was thinking of moving to India and also staying there and working um, you know, in the field of uh, development cooperation. But when I then went to India and stayed there for more than half a year in Delhi, um, I found it really hard um, in many ways. So, of course, Delhi is different to Mumbai and to other cities. Mm. Um, and as, um, you know, as a woman, it's not always easy to live in Delhi. Have to stick to times um, in the evening when you have to, or when you should be back before it gets dark. You have to look after yourself more than you have to do that in Germany. So while here you can walk at night everywhere without you know, um, being afraid in Delhi, you have to look after yourself 150% during daytime and during nighttime. And um, so I was missing a little bit the freedom that I have in Germany, also in terms of you know meeting friends, doing outside sports. Um, I think that was most challenging for me, and that's where I had to decide, do I really want to stay in Delhi or in India? And Delhi is the political center, and as I study political science, it would have been Delhi or not India. Um, so since this was uh, the option, I had to decide what to do and um, I came back to Hamburg and uh, fell in love, so <laughs> this also decided. But then, you know, I, um, it, was, it was hard here to, to imagine, to find a way of how to combine my focus on India with a local job here in Hamburg. Um, I think this is the largest challenge that I had. And I was, as I already told you, I was lucky to, you know, meet the right people. And so 
Talking a bit about your education, how do you see its relevance to your current professional engagements? Have there been any use cases of this education in your current work? Absolutely. I think my education is the founding stone of what I do now. And I'm happy that in my job today, I do political science every day. You know, um, I deal with, uh, with the Indian democracy. Um, I can rely on all the knowledge that I have learned during studying, um, not only the, the content and, you know, the the cases um, that I've studied and the perspectives from which I looked at India, but also studying as such, um, I think enables you, and that's the most important thing I find in studying, studying enables you to question and to structurally question, um, you know, your surroundings and, and developments and um, that is most important. So when I look at, um, you know, when when I when I have a job to do here, when we have an appointment, um, I always have to analyze and you know estimate what the situation is like. And um, let's say one example would be, and that's a very nice example for the India Week Hamburg. We always have a key visual that we use for press and public relations, for posters, for posts in the internet. It is a um, collection of icons that represent India. Mm. So, um, and now you can imagine the big question is which icons should we use? You know, um, do we use what people think of India, what they think India is? So we would have. Um, somebody who does yoga, we would have Indian food, um, we would have maybe Bollywood um, and a sari or something like that. Uh, this is what the main public would think of India. But then, of course, I have to know that this is my job. I have to know what um, what have been the the newest developments in India. So, for example, why would we put a satellite on this picture? Because India, you know, was making great progress in, in terms of space and um, so aerospace and uh, initiatives. Or we would have a lot to do with um, Wi-Fi, with mobiles, with e-health, biotech and, you know, everything with startups and uh, tech, tech, technology technologies and then again there would be some things that we probably would not put on this picture because they would be politically sensitive so everybody knows that you know in india cows are holy so you could also think why not put a cow on this poster but the topic of beef is very sensitive in india so we would let this topic you know we'd rather not include this topic in a um, in our poster. All of this I learned, I, I can draw on past experience and on essays that I wrote about India. And so talking a bit about politically sensitive issues, Hamburg and the rest of Germany is a democracy and India is ostensibly a democracy, but there is some, you know, in some states and also the leader himself, Modi, can be argued he's a bit of a strong man. Is this a politically sensitive, because you mentioned human rights earlier, is this a politically sensitive thing to, to maneuver as someone representing Germany and India within the same work? Of course, this is a political sensitive topic. Um, 
when we look at Indian democracy, it is far from being perfect. And you rightly men- men- mentioned that, you know, in some states, there is a lack of political freedom, of uh, journalist, journalism freedom. Um, we see, uh, you know, some tendencies in the government that, of course, we, you know, we would not always welcome. But, and this is the main aspect. So if we look at European democracies, they are also far from being perfect. And we, when we look at the European Union, there are countries within the European Union, you know, that we would have to discuss as well. And still we cooperate with them. And even, even in Germany, um, you know, we do not have the ideal democracy. Uh, so I think it is very hard to judge on others when we cooperate with them and, you know, to put ourselves in a position where we can, where we can, um, you know, tell them what to do and what not to do. Um, but what, what is the most important thing? And yeah, I would like to stress that is when we look at India and Hamburg, then we share the same core values of democracy which you know may be different with other countries with which the eu germany or hamburg cooperates and um, with india we agree that democracy is the ideal form and that it you know on, on the core values of participation of equality and um, i believe that the struggles that we are now witnessing in the Indian democracy will be will definitely be overcome by a large educated middle class so there is nothing to worry about for us and then at the same time the India Week Hamburg which is I would say you know like the our platform to present uh, our relationship to India is politically neutral so we see ourselves as a platform for exchange and that exchange can be constructive but it can also be critical and we do have many exhibitions art exhibitions that you know deal with gender issues um, environmental topics with fundamental rights uh, issues in india and in germany so we do have a lot of open discussion during our events here um, but they are always constructive. And I think this is the right way to go, you know, to, to have good speakers here that, and that we all agree, so the Indian side and the Hamburg side agrees, that would bring India forward as a country, but also uh, as a society. So which skills have helped you to navigate international and local environments? I couldn't think of too many skills, to be honest, but I would say that, you know, you have to be open-minded to other cultures and not try to do it your own way. So uh, one thing that I learned when I uh, began to, to you know, work with Indian colleagues is that I was German, I was punctual, I was a little bit impatient, I had great expectations and everything was well structured. And then, you know, you meet Indian colleagues and they are the total opposite. They are relaxed. Um, they get to know you as a person first. They, you know, the the expectations develop while working and are not set from the beginning. So, um, I was a little bit impatient at the at the beginning, and 
I think I quite well developed an openness to cooperation. So also when we work with Indian colleagues from other cities in programs funded by the European Union. So there are there's like the um, International Urban Cooperation Program where a European city is partnered with a non-European city to work on topics of um, uh, urban development, um, let's say waste management, for example. Then we were partnered with Vijayawada, which is southeast of India, and expectations were totally different. Found out that you have to be very open and adapt also to the other culture. Otherwise, you won't succeed. Otherwise, you will just be frustrated. I would say openness and curiosity, and I mean honest curiosity. And the second skill is politeness, to be honest. It's okay if you don't know something, but you shouldn't pretend you know everything and, you know, seem arrogant. If you are polite and know how to behave, you can reach anything because nobody would reject you if you are just friendly and um, approaching someone. And talking about living in India, what do you think were the toughest and easiest parts? That's a nice question, Redmond. I think the easiest part definitely was for me food. I'm a, I'm a vegan. I was a vegetarian at that time. And um, food-wise, India is just a paradise, isn't it? <laughs> um, the toughest part was probably the culture shock that I had, you know, with seeing too many people um, looking after myself and living in this kind of, you know, golden cage. I had a very nice apartment, but I didn't feel um, free to move in in Delhi, which is a, a specifically a specific problem for Delhi because in Mumbai it feels totally different. But I would say that the culture shock that I that I had, and I um, I also fell ill with a virus at some point. Coping with the situation, you get to know yourself in a different way, and it you develop, you know, it changes you somehow. I am very happy that I had this experience because it strengthens you in the long run but at that moment you can feel lost at some times really. But overall you'd say that so you, you're saying that it's it's difficult in the evening to to be be outside but and you say it's also difficult in the day but would you say that it was overall quite an exciting experience to be in a city such as such as Delhi? Oh yes, absolutely. So I didn't want it to sound too negative. Yeah. I'm an absolutely Delhi lover. It's my favorite city in India with all, you know, with all the different parts of Delhi, with the Yamuna River, with the impressions that you get. There are so many different and wonderful places in Delhi. And I, I just think that, you know, it can be strenuous sometimes to travel and to uh, how should I say, to breathe in, to take in all this, you know, all this, what is surrounding you, what is happening, because it is, it is loud and it is chaotic. But once, once you've learned to go with the flow and you relax, then um, you have adapted, I would say. And um, this happened to me. I was very happy uh, w w when it happened. And after that, you know, I was wandering around Delhi uh, every weekend with a camera and talking to people, exploring places all on my own and 
I was totally relaxed. So it's just that at the beginning, um, you have this immense culture shock and so much input, this influx of input that you have. Uh, but at the same time, I must say, um, there are certainly more relaxed places in India, like, you know, Shimla in, in the mountains or Pondicherry. When I look at these places, um, they are relaxing, they are beautiful, but Delhi challenged me most. And that's why I love it so much, because uh, I otherwise I would have been bored probably. And talking of Indian concepts, what is your mantra for success? My mantra for success. So it's a little bit kitschy because um, I'm citing Gandhi and it's probably what, you know, everybody would do. But uh, Gandhi said, if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. And this is exactly what I experienced in India. And uh, India India changed me in a very positive direction. You know, not that I was a bad girl before. It gave me a lot of strength and it helped me to look at something you know, something uh, unknown from a different perspective and really be open. I think I um, did a huge jump, you know, in growing up and gaining experience while I was in India. And um, I still feel that this helps me a lot today. Finally, do you have some words for future aspiring youth? Absolutely. So I would encourage, of course, everyone to travel travel i mean you know not flying around the globe all the time when we look at climate change and uh, you know you shouldn't fly to any place but select the places you are really interested in and visit them and then if you go to a country i think you'd do best not to go as um i would say ignorant tourist you know don't just take photos without asking don't behave behave as if you've bought the place um, but really try to adapt to the local tradition and customs and take your time to observe like I did in Delhi and sit back and I would you know being even more encouraging I would say take your time to observe and um, you can master every situation as long as you as long as you breathe take a deep breath and relax and observe and use your mind and even the chaos in Delhi can then be mastered That was Julianne Shureshi, and this is Success Across Boundaries, brought to you today by Relosophy. You can find out more about them at therelosophy.com, and you can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Please tune in next time to see who we will talk to next.